Blog Talk Radio. Morning. It's Tuesday, April the 9th, 2013. You're listening to The Mind Whisperer on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Michael Gordon. Today's a really exciting, juicy topic for you on sex and intimacy. We'll be right back with the show in just a moment. Suffering blows, was it necessary pain? When you said love, I thought forever. today. We're just trying to get the video uh, recording happening. I'm not sure if that's going on, but we will uh, hopefully have something happening there. I'll just quit that program out and try to multitask here on uh, on the program. Regardless, uh, today's program is sex and intimacy. And uh, the question is, Is it possible, in particularly in long-term relationships, for sex and intimacy to uh, coexist in a way that um, facilitates long-term committed relationship? But also, you know, this is a question that relates to um, building intimacy and building relationships. So just give me a moment here. I'm going to try one more time to get the video happening, just as an archive of the show, so we can get that working. Uh, you're listening to The Mind Whisperer on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Michael Gordon. I'm your host. And uh, you can find us on Facebook at The Mind Whisperer and also on Twitter at uh, underscore Mind Whisperer. Just taking a moment here to get the video going. Let's see if we get this happening. If not, we'll just continue with the program as is. 
And as always with this program, you can call in at any time and uh, join in on the program, ask your questions. You can ask a question over the chat line. So let me just jump into the program here. I'm a little bit distracted trying to get this uh, video archive happening. Um, so when we're talking about sex and intimacy, a lot of people get confused about uh, what we mean by these terms because they seem to be, especially when it comes to sex, people think that they're, they're oh, there we go, that they are uh, bifurcated terms. Okay, just give me a moment here. Okay, well, welcome to the program. I'm uh, just starting the uh, video recording here. This is the Mind Whisperer, and today's program is on sex and intimacy. Uh, so, again, talking about uh, intimacy and sex, a lot of people think that these two terms are um, separate in, in the sense that there's a physical intimacy and as opposed to uh, an emotional intimacy. And really, uh, the two things are very related to one another. So when we're talking about intimacy, what do we really mean? What we mean is the uh, getting close. And there's a, a great uh, paraphrasing of intimacy or abbreviation of that or a breakdown of that term in a, in a phonetic way, which is into me see. So it's the desire to uh, get closer to somebody to know that person, the passion to know another. That's what intimacy is. So when we talk about relationship, particularly in long-term relationship, these things become uh, very complicated because once you're in an established relationship, passion or desire and uh, intimacy um, can uh, complicate one another. And somebody that I've drawn on in this program a number of times is uh, this marital therapist and writer, um, Esther Perel. And Esther wrote a book called uh, Married in Captivity, and you can find her work online. Uh, but she writes about how uh, intimacy, which is the closeness with your partner, can be the enemy of passion in the long term. And what does she mean by that? What she means is that the the instinct to bond and attach with, with your partner, which makes you very familiar, can get in the way of the fuel for for passion, if you will, which is the mystery, the otherness of your partner, the desire again to 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 um, connect with that partner but to but to know that partner in a way obviously through uh, a sexual desire, a passion, but not necessarily through sex in an erotic way in 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 terms of longing and the the intimacy in the relationship, the closeness gets in the way of that because we become overly familiar with our partner. This is my language, not necessarily Esther Perel's. But it can be kind of suffocating, you know, so we become sweet and close and intimate and connected and um, we fall into habit and routine in our relationships. So there's a kind of comfort that becomes suffocating of the driving lust and passion that was there at the beginning of the relationship. So, you know, you can refer to Esther's work and she talks a lot about that. And what's very interesting is she says that in her marital counseling, she does not focus on sex, particularly on the frequency of sex in partners. And um, even though sex can break down in the relationship, it's not the uh, the focus of 
uh, healing what's wrong in the relationship. And nor is it intimacy. So if the sex is broken down, she doesn't focus on uh, how to make couples closer. What she does is try and reignite the passion and the desire that's uh, that was there that drew those people together in the first place. And what she's found is that it's the um, distance, literally like taking time apart, or the uh, the skill really, and the, and the new habit of dating each other like you initially courted one another. So surprising each other, element of surprise, the flirtation, the romance, all of that part that you build back into your relationship. And, and you know, there's a lot of um, discussion and a lot of help out there online and in literature on how to spice up your life, your love life, and uh, to create that spontaneity again. That's the other major quality is the spontaneity. Now, all that said and done, that's very helpful in terms of long-term relationship, and we know that part of that is because of the way that we are uh, wired, and neurohormonally or biochemically, however you want to term it, that in the beginning, that excitement, that passion, sets off one set of chemicals, and those are you know, adrenaline, norepinephrine, acetylcholine, all these chemicals go off in the body, dopamine, that signal us we're excited and that this is something we're excited about, and a person is the object of our excitement. Uh, however, once you bond, once you attach with that person through lovemaking, then another set of chemicals goes off, and primarily that's oxytocin. And oxytocin is the bonding hormone that signals our brain that uh, this bonding is a good experience. And so this is why, of course, when people have one-night stands, they can get attached very quickly. And it's quite often why you know, it's suggested that people not uh, engage in... in um, sexual uh, relations until they are essentially ready to have a relationship because it can very it very much skew the sense of intimacy. It creates a false sense of intimacy. Um, and part of that is just neurochemically, your body says, okay, now I'm attached to this person. I feel the sense of attachment because of the drug going off. And also you're getting cues about um, the romance side of it and this person likes me and you get attention and all these things where you haven't really got to know the person. Now here's something very interesting. When it comes to um, dating or a new relationship, you can form an attachment without necessarily um, having sexual relations with somebody. So this is where it gets complicated. Because in the dating stages, you can uh, not necessarily form a, a, a mutual attachment, but you can find yourself becoming very uh, bonded with the person early on in an erotic way without sexual activity. And this is sort of what Esther is talking about in reigniting your erotic life with your partner or your spouse. It doesn't necessarily, she actually says it, it's not really that important to focus on the frequency of sex. It's the eroticism of your relationship, the flirtation, the knowing looks, the winks, the presents you give to each other, the surprise dates and dinners and et cetera, et cetera. So, when it comes to dating somebody, where it gets confusing is that you can create at the beginning of the relationship where passion is alive, a sense of intimacy uh, through that passion. In other words, you're building the desire to get to know somebody through the desire of being attracted and the chemistry that you share with that person. And you haven't yet formed a, a committed relationship. 
And it's the latter part that I believe Esther is addressing, that in long-term relationship, once you have that commitment, it's the commitment part of the intimacy. It's the, it's the bondedness and that secure love that's, that is what she calls the enemy of desire. But in the beginning stages, those are forming. It's sort of the, the, the passion and the erotic longing for your new potential um, lover is the sort of crucible of intimacy and passion. So it's very tricky because we tend to think that um, holding a sexual boundary with somebody means that we are um, prolonging that kind of uh, consummation of a relationship, if you will. At the same time, you can see that you can form an erotic connection with somebody without necessarily having sexual relations. So this is where we're talking today about sex and intimacy. And there's a recent... uh, um, study that just came out that was sponsored by Durex, the condom company, and it found that um, 87% of the female participants and 95% of the male participants responded that the best kind of sex is connected sex. So sex where it's with somebody you know and where there's trust built up. So we're not getting into the area of a long-term relationship. We're just talking about the sexual experience. So I think this is a very telling uh, data about what people are really seeking in sex. Now, of course, that means there's 13% of the females and 5% of the males who um, find sex, you know, just a physical activity. But for the majority, they are saying that you know the ideal kind of sex is the sex where you have intimacy. And so you can see how these two things go together. There's no such thing as a separate physical intimacy. Physical intimacy, I think, is a term of convenience to say that you are making love with somebody. You're physically intimate, but it is still intimacy. And uh, as we've explored in other programs, of course, intimacy is very much dependent on your ability to be vulnerable. And this is where we get into, again, complicated areas of entering into relationships because without a commitment in place, you are essentially required to be vulnerable and open yourself up to somebody that you don't have a secure relations with. And how do you do that? How do you do that in a way where there's um, uh, no trust built? Hopefully the show is still going here. It looks like there was just a glitch on the program. Anyway, um, We've uh, covered a lot of uh, area today and, and on sex and intimacy, and I hope that this has been um, valuable to you. And um, we can talk more about this um, on the next program. We can continue this discussion. Maybe we will talk about what this means in terms of long-term relationship. But essentially, I think it's it's more helpful for us to talk about eroticism and desire rather than sexual intimacy. Sexual intimacy is the expression of your erotic connection with somebody. And but it's only one expression. And we put so much emphasis on sex as a physical act without really talking about the intimacy intimacy side of it. And perhaps the next program we'll talk a bit about with some of the difficulties with, with sexual intimacy, um performance uh issues that that come into play for men and for women, for example. And I had a discussion about this recently. Um, with men, for example, 
who don't experience a lot of vulnerability and intimacy in other areas of their lives are not able to verbalize their feelings or don't have a, a comfort level with um, being vulnerable within themselves with their emotions and seeing that as a, as a uh, an opportunity to get close with someone, that there can be performance issues there in, in sexual relations because of the socialization of men to be not open, emotionally open. And for women, it's the same thing. You know, um, women can have so much desire or be so much more socialized to want emotional connection that there, it's difficult if, say, in a, a particularly in heterosexual sexual relations, um, to translate that. So the, the shorthand for that is men spend their time trying to prolong their sexual experience for example, in intercourse, um, and not, you know, climax too soon. Whereas women are are trying to be able to climax and let go. So there's an element of letting go that's there uh, for each of those. And of course, these are these are gender experiences that aren't necessarily um, sexually defined by our sexual preference. Of course, you know, we can experience this, and we all inhabit different um, gender. Um, characteristics or or uh, types um, in our um, identity, in our emotional and sexual makeup. They aren't necessarily male-female sexually defined. And because you'll find certain men and women can be the, the cross of each other's uh, defines gender characteristics. So some men can be very sensitive and some men can be very gruff. And the same with women. It really is about those emotional characteristics, your emotional intelligence or, or vulnerability level. Well, I hope this has been uh, informative for you and um, given some insight into what's going on with sex and intimacy. And if, if one thing's happened today, maybe we've broken a bit of the myth that that, um, that a lot of people are um, operating from a place where sex is just a physical act and that intimacy is sharing, talking, um, cuddling, all these kind of things. Um, uh, there's a, uh, certainly a lot of people who have sex without emotional intimacy, but again, the data from this recent study suggests that the ma overwhelming majority of men and women uh, define ideal sex as being one based on connection and trust uh, and intimacy. So we'll continue the discussion. Uh, thanks for listening today. If, you've, if you're tuning into the archive program, uh, as always, I appreciate you listening in and um, spreading the word about the program. Uh, my name is Michael Gordon. This has been the Mind Whisperer. You can find us on iTunes as well as a, as a downloadable podcast. And we'll see you next time on the program. Until then, take care. <laughs>